comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Folks, Craig DeMonda here. Just wanted to give you all a quick little update into this next episode of the Walking Dead TV podcast. For episode 195, it, we recorded a very lengthy podcast for you. Uh, obviously, the episode itself was an hour and a half, and with all of us chewing through it and uh, looking at it as a season finale, it took us almost three hours to do the podcast. So, I decided to break it up into two parts to make it easier to listen to and digest on your uh, various podcast devices out there. So, it'll be 195A and 195B for this week, and uh, that way you have uh, two different podcasts to listen to. Kind of broke it up directly in half. Um, didn't edit really at all any of it, just, uh, of course, some of the, the expletives that are out there. So what you hear is what we recorded in its entirety, and I really hope you guys enjoy. I uh, look forward to joining you all again in the summertime for Fear of the Walking Dead. It's been a great season. Hope you all enjoy the podcast. So here is, without further interruption, 195A. Thanks for listening. You are listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode... 195 for season 7 episode 16 the first day of the rest of your life hi i'm craig demanda join with me this evening mr aaron newerth let me tell you a little story about a host named craig who thought he knew <laughs> about but didn't know about <laughs> and i mean a you. pretty good host yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks aaron appreciate that <laughs> also mr richard chub toad sheldon yo Yo, <laughs> Daryl Taylor. Jeez. This this episode actually brought me to tears at the end. Ooh, it, did, it actually did. Just foreshadowing. That's what happened. I want to hear about that. Yeah, Mr. Russell Latham is back with us. Russell, I know nothing. He's <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Schultz. Yeah, wow. and as you can hear, of course, Mr. Jim Dietz. Never. I told the. I told Rick never to trust a Romulan. Damn it. That's true. She looks like a Romulan, huh? She wants yeah. to see what happens. See what oh, happens. she was straight Romulan. I straight up Romulan, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evil. 
So, uh, this episode, the season finale, it was a long one, an hour and a half. It was directed by Greg Nicotero, written by Scott M. Gimple, Angela Kang, and Matthew Negrete. He broke out all the all the big guns for this one. So, what are your initial thoughts before we, we jump into it, the last of the season? Where did all that writing go? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. I... I Overall, the episode was fine, but this is supposed to be a season finale, and I was like, all right, that's it? Okay, then. There was a a lot of waiting around, and then things happened, and I'll get into what I didn't appreciate about those things that happened, but there was good stuff peppered throughout there. But yeah, I was pretty meh on it. It was a little uneven, but I will say, there's a point at the end where I'm like, this could be the greatest episode of television I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll be curious to hear what that is. But it could have been. <laughs> it definitely could have been. Well, but, uh, uh, unfortunately, it was not. Um, now, there are a lot of good moments in this episode, and there are some good things that happen towards the end, or good scenes. But this, you, uh, you spent 16 episodes building up this whole thing. Mm. Definitely the back half of it for All Out War. You know, this is what we've been looking forward to, and we get pretty much everything goes wrong in a somewhat small skirmish that kind of goes awry. I I don't know. They missed an opportunity. This episode should have been all-out, balls-out war from the minute it opened till the minute it, it closed. There should have been a hell of a lot more going on than what we got, and... Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was not a bad episode, but it sure did not live up to what I wanted after 16 weeks of buildup. And when you say buildup, it's like you you hear the producers and the actors talking about, oh, it's amazing. It's it's a best television I ever did, and you I can't all wait of to, us you are know, crying. The audience know. is crying. Why? Right. My voice this. was shot. Even what was it? Andrew Lincoln was saying my voice was done after this episode. I don't know why, but I guess the he grip said it was, was crying. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel that they that that they felt us as the audience give way more of a shit about Sasha than we really do. We'll get to we'll get to that. Well, <laughs> Chow, can someone else talk before your negative stuff? <laughs> Damn, I can get a chance. Come I, on, man. I see it's gonna be mixed opinions here, which is good. That's what makes the show good. We're not all Jeez. thinking the same way about this episode, so it's gonna be interesting. I like. I mean, it was. It did have some unevenness to it, and there were things that were predictable because we even called it like two, three episodes ago. So there were a lot of that, and it didn't yeah. have a big splash payoff at the at the end of this. But part of me thought they were. Part of me thought that all we were going to get was a set off. Of war, I almost yeah. thought when we when he declared when he said we're going to war pretty much at the end, I almost thought knowing this show the way I do, <laughs> I figured they would do that. Like that would be what we would get. It wouldn't be a big thing, but it had so many emotional moments that it just made me reflect on the show as a whole, and I just. I just enjoyed it. Like, it made me feel good. There were scenes that just made me feel really good about the show. Even though I know it wasn't the best episode, it wasn't the best written episode, but there were so many scenes where I just found myself just thinking about all the stuff that I do like about the show Mm. and why I do stick with the show. And I just felt good by the end. 
Like it did. I didn't feel disappointed. I didn't feel angry like I did last season. Mm. I did like, and I stayed away from the interviews and I stayed away from the Talking Dead because they overdo everything. Everything is an emotional thing with them when they talk about the shows. I just I just watched it twice. You know, I watched the episode twice, sat down, and just let myself just enjoy that episode just enjoy it for what it was and i did i did miss glenn like i i it, it, i don't know what it was <laughs> that last like, speech I, got to you man huh she, she maggie feel, maggie pulled at your heartstrings there huh yes, she got that you. was good that i speech, didn't yeah. feel that loss of glenn like i just expected glenn to die there was a part of me that thought they're going to kill off glenn and i was so caught up in feeling that that i just didn't feel the death and I swear to you, all of a sudden, when Maggie's talking and she's when she's talking and the music, I thought that they picked the soundtrack, the music for this entire episode. I thought it was great. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. like John Carpenter. Absolutely, very very 80s synthy, uh, like what they call dark wave now. I guess. Yeah. Oh. Man, well, very Bear, good. Bear, okay. he mixes it up. He goes in different genres. He can oh. do the violins and the strings. And he can also do that heavy okay. synth. And yeah, he definitely did that a lot. Played my heart. Like he played my emotions. Like I really thought this. Re- like the scenes of them coming back together, just made me feel like I just felt good about the show, and I just couldn't hmm. wait for it to come back. Like I just had that feeling of we can do this. Like there were parts where I thought. There's no way they're gonna get out of this. This is, this is it. Like you might as well just throw your hands up. Like I had to turn it off for a minute, and I'm usually not emotional about shows. Like if it gets really dark, I can usually take it. It's not a big deal. But when it got to a certain point, I really had to stop the show. Wow. I wish I felt that. I because, wish I felt that. Because it had that. <laughs> it, it well to me, it had that. It, it just had that piling on thing and i was like i can't take it if this is going to be another thing of them just getting trapped and shot you know like people getting shot randomly Mm. and they're left like that like they're they're just weakened but i just loved how it happened and ezekiel i man Man, he's a man come on (laughs) he made me want to get up and get a gun and run around with them too join his legion And, like, he made me excited. Like, I was excited. Like, I felt like all that kingdom crap that I laugh at, you know, that you laugh at, it's funny in, in previous episodes. I don't give a damn. That mattered when he did. When he started shouting with the sword and the game That was awesome. Around, that part that was awesome was freaking incredible. And talk about the music. They played like this renaissance kind of, their, their little theme, that kingdom theme came in when they right. came in to save the day. And we'll get to it back there. But Is that a mother effing tiger? I, never- <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder, was uh, Bear McCreary watching Stranger Things before he scored this episode? Right, right. Yeah. Good. If he was, good. That's a great show, and I love the soundtrack yep. on that one too. So, yeah, that's fine I with me. one of my favorite lives was when Negan said, what is that? Is that... I'm tasting. Like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's Simon. You, you, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like him getting up. It was the first time that Negan looked tired. Yeah, he yeah. looked tired and disheveled and scared <laughs> for the first time. Like, and I like that look. Like, did when Rick looked at him and he was like, "I'm gonna kill your son," and thought that that would break him. Right. When he said, "Oh no, kill him here, kill him in front of me," I'm sorry. I listen. He. Just the facial expression that did it for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I quoted that whole that whole line that Rick said at the end. We'll get to that when we get there. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty powerful it was an, stuff. It was a nice juxtaposition because 
the last time they were in that position, Rick was crying and yeah. begging, like, don't yeah. do like, please don't do this. I'll do whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and, and for him to just come full circle and be like, I don't care if you're going to bash my kid's head in, you're going to do it. Like, but it's not going to stop me. You know, I'm going to kill you regardless. Um, and at that point, yeah, basically he's like, Negan, this is what you wanted. This is what, this yeah. is what you wanted. So you got it. You got cr- crazy right now. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> you want to get nuts? You Let's get, get nuts. Exactly. That's exactly what this scene. Like my girl just died. I think she just fell off the, the, the building. She's dead. And my son, but I don't care. Do what you're going to do. I'm going to kill you. Take my hands. I'm still going to kill you. Like that's some <laughs> crazy stuff right there. The way he was looking at uh, Negan, and he still loved it. Negan loved it. Oh yeah, he loved. It. He ate it up. Like, like that was like it was like Negan finally was like, yes, a challenge. Like somebody's actually like giving there, me some kind of challenge. It was like he enjoyed it. I really wish those two minutes matched the other ninety in this episode. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of with Aaron on this. It was a really mixed bag. There were some really. Like, uh, oh, yeah, moments in it, you know, definitely. First of all, somebody needs to get me a Carol in her Kingdom Armor uh, action figure. No, no. Next year yeah. from McFarlane, yeah. they'll be coming I, out of a show. Yeah, right? I need, yeah. like, Morgan and Carol in their Kingdom Armor yes. uh, sitting on my uh, my shelf <laughs> immediately, please. Guns up. Todd McFarlane, please. <laughs> and, you know, with the bloody pointed stick for the Morgan. You know, yeah, you know, there's blood know. dripping from it or something. Will it be so wax or whatever? You'd have, inter- have an interchangeable stick for different phases of Morgan for that action yeah, figure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm kind of in agreement, like, uh, um, you know, for uh, for as many, like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, moments that there were in this, there were just as many moments of, like, okay, why is this here? You know, this is like, it just was like, uh, the good outweighed the bad for me, but not by a whole lot. Is what I'm saying. I, I probably liked it, but not as much as, as Daryl did. I wouldn't even argue, and it's, it is to the point with me that you are at, am on. In my mind, I'm like you are absolutely right. I will not even argue with you on that. It's not something like I I can debate you on it. But for whatever reason, this show touched all the things it needed to touch with me that I really just didn't care. Like I knew all the shortcomings that you said. I. It ran through my brain. It's totally but, cool. But it just, for whatever reason, hit at that moment where I just sat there. I watched it in the morning, and then I watched it again in the when I got home from work. And it just left me feeling, the same parts left me feeling the same way. And that's not a usual thing, you, you know, with the show. Like, you think about it, and things weren't as great as you, you remembered, right? But I don't know, whatever it was... I just love seeing Maggie. Like first, I just I fell in love with Maggie now. Mm. Like, like I was already in love with Carol, but I fell in love with Maggie today. because she was the leadership at that point. You saw her stepping up, and then there just... was just an emotional point with her that she just leveled up in my eyes. I think yeah. just the way she talked to the people around her, just the way that she took command, just the way she took charge, and then just the way that she had just a peaceful look on her face. There's like just like I could accept whatever's going to happen, even either if it's the worst thing in the world, we get wiped out. I can accept it because I'm not going to sit back and be a victim. I don't know if it's because of what Negan did last week that made me hate him so much to the point where to see them come out at him like that and to see Maggie, to see them rise up against Negan 
and it's playing on the heartstrings. It's like, listen, they played it, and it, and it, and I usually I don't like when they when they do that too much on a show, but it just the way she did it and the way that she talked about we are connected, you know, like we we are family, like just the way she talked about them. It's almost like she was sitting back and thinking about the show herself mm. and, and just thinking about how, you know, everything that's gone through with the show. And it just it just worked for me on every level. And I, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just did. See, that was the contrast for me. The stuff that the Maggie stuff at the end worked. The yeah. Sasha stuff in the beginning, in the middle, totally did not work. That's like, the week. Correct. I really. Yes. I was. I mean, from the. I mean, from the the pre credit. Mm-hmm. You know, where you see her in in. I mean, obviously, you don't know what's going on, but you kind of. They kind of gave it away, right? Because she fades. Right. She fades out. It's like okay, she took the pill. Um, but just the weird like conversation with Abraham, and then the weird thing with her and and Maggie sitting watching the sunset. It was just like. It was very disjointed. It was a it, it like when they made a ninety minute finale. Like it could have been a really tight sixty minutes if they would have taken most of that Sasha stuff out. And I mean, I I get Agreed. part of it because they they wanted to give her a, a big send off, right? Which doing what they did made it even more obvious that she was going to die. Like it right. was so telegraphed the way they do it too much. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because someone they dies, it. they do it. too Exactly. Much. They do it in the show all the time. So to me, it was way heavy handed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it just really jacked with the pacing of the episode. What um, didn't help was that because I, I, I mean, in within the context of this episode, I agree. I don't think it works very well, but I like the idea. Like I thought, that having a kind of a disjointed look at Sasha's state of mind, essentially, that's a really cool idea for how to structure an episode. That said, it's not fitting here where I want to get on the move here. I want to get right. into this war. I don't right. have time to be like, right. let me let me watch an entire sequence with the seventh most important character on The Walking Dead. What like it's like all this other stuff's happening right now. It seems way more important than what she's doing inside of a coffin. Like that's that's it's, not interesting. It's it was weird. it was weird because when they had the first flashback scene with her and Abraham, I was like, okay, well that was nice. They just had the one little thing to kind of you know you know kind of memorialize her. <laughs> then they had like the second, the second scene with her the and third, Abraham. And, uh, yeah, the and then I'm like, no, okay, come on. There's too much going on for you but to digress like this. Although but I do I miss Abraham like, though. I mean, I didn't I, like it for a different reason. I didn't like it because Sasha didn't have to be there. Right. There the was whole no thing reason. Yeah. There was no reason for her to be in that position. If they had if they had wrote her story as maybe she just got captured. You right, know, like he, he could say, he, yeah, she's right. back at my prison. All I have to do, Rick, is hit this button, and I'll tell this guy to kill her. Like, you know, she didn't have to be at or that just, place at not that even moment. Give, right. Not even give her the whole runaround of, like, I'm going to put you on my crew, and we're going to debate who's going to die. It's just like, just knock her out, put her in a coffin, and done. Like, why are you like, joy, having her <laughs> and I just hated the whole thing. I have no idea of, what the plan was. Like, what was his plan? It. Right. And well, I he just said hated it. the whole yeah. thing of it being that whole suicide mission didn't have to happen. Like, that was just the, that was just the dumbest thing in the world like you couldn't it all it, it just told me so i know she got the actress got a job on a show <laughs> and you're thinking of a way to get rid of her and i thought you didn't i don't i think they didn't think it through because that whole thing of it just didn't add anything to the to the episode to have her do this stupid suicide mission and to make her feel i have to do this i have to go there by myself 
knowing you will get captured. And then it, when she does get captured, she even says it to says that they're going to use me, Eugene. Yeah, dummy, they are going to use you as a hostage. You didn't know that before you went there. Like that, that was the gimme to that of you getting captured. Anybody gets captured, he's going to use them against uh, Rick and the group. That's just what Negan does. He's a, he does that th- kind of terrorism, that that kind of, especially with with people that he think are popular, you know, people that are liked by the group. So I'm like, I, that whole thing still bothers me. Like that, if they didn't do it that way and, and if it had been something where she was with the group and they were on a mission and then they got captured, I'd feel bad for her, and then I'd follow that story, and then I'd, I'd, you know, like I'd have some type of emotional feeling about that character. But I really didn't have any emotional feeling for it because I just felt like her and Rosita were just selfish because they couldn't wait, they were impatient, and because of it, you caused a hiccup in this thing that didn't need to happen, even though it was mm. full of hiccups. But you caused an extra hiccup, even though you kind of helped them give them a diversion when they needed it but still you caused the thing you caused the problem that didn't need to happen mm. yeah we should, we should get into the episode <laughs> yeah so let's no it's great and it's, it's let's jump right into it though so we see at the cold open it's a, kind of a dark scene and we hear music playing uh it's donny hathaway there's the the artist there someday we'll all be free is the song yeah. and there's a lot of time jumping going on with, with with the sasha in the coffin scenes and we don't really know where she is at first but it, after watching this a couple of times, and obviously now we talked about it too a little bit, the first one, the cold open, is really the last one. We see like she's about, she's basically dying at this point. She's really sweaty. Like at this one, you notice like the the sweat level changes on each of the uh, each of the different scenes. So she's in a dark place. She got the earbuds in. She kind of pulls them out of her ear, and then suddenly her eyes close, and then that's pretty much the cold open. But I think that's the end. Like that's the end of yeah. Sasha right there. Yeah. So they do these really wacky kind of time jumps, but it didn't really. It didn't really click with me that that was her end until the second rewatch. I'm like, okay, yeah, she's definitely this is the end of her now. This is the, yeah, they even yeah. edited it weird because it it was right. such a short cut. Like right. it, was, it was an awkward cut. It's a setup. It's a setup for what you're going to keep seeing. But yeah, that first one that you see is her is the last the blood her last yeah. minutes. Like that's yeah. it. Right. The re- the rest of it follows in order. Right. It's but it's it's yeah it's still it's so awkward. Yeah, and we've seen that before. I guess they've done that before. You see the beginning yeah. before the end, the past yeah. prologue and all that, yeah. yeah. So after the credits, uh, same overhead shot shot of Sasha, but this time this is, the be- I guess, the beginning of the coffin ride. She's a bit less sweaty. The earbuds are still in, and uh, she mutters, hey, darling, wake up. And then suddenly it's a flashback back to Alexandria. She's inside her house. It's daytime, but she's sleeping on the sofa, and Abraham is the one saying the line, hey, darling, wake up. And so she wakes up. She leans in, gives him a passionate long kiss, and something we really didn't see much of really when it was happening. You know, we didn't see them kind of living together and together. We knew they were together, but we didn't really see much of it when it happened. We just saw him leaving Rosita. We didn't really see them kind of shacking up too much. So it's interesting to see that this perspective. And Abraham, they, ex- yeah, they, they need that because, which still doesn't work because we don't know anything about this relationship beyond the fact that. That was a relationship. That's yeah. it. That's the full extent of that That's relationship. True. Before they this, were together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Abraham explains that uh, they have to get Maggie to the hilltop. So now we kind of know where they are from a time perspective. That it's really right before they go on the on their their journey, 
really to with Destiny there to meet Negan and, and meet Lucille for the first time. Uh, but he explains that they have to get Maggie to the hilltop. There's something wrong with the baby. And that he'll go, but she can stay behind. And Sasha says, don't go. We then flash forward, and we're now, I guess, in the present, so to speak. We're in Sasha's jail cell at the sanctuary. The door creaks open, and it's none other, none other than Negan bringing her a nice breakfast, proclaiming that today is the first day of the rest of your life, hence the title of the episode. He leans in and explains how much he respects her. He's just, she's dignified, she's hot as hell, and she's no fool. He says that he does not want to see her die, and nobody really does. But someone does have to die and pay for what Rick's been doing, ultimately. Perhaps a few somebodies, he implies. And then says, tuck in, it's a big day. He lifts the lid on the plate, and we see it's a it's like a pancake or two with a smiley face of yep. blueberries right on the top of it. There's like some fruit and some scrambled eggs, some other stuff on there. And Sasha simply asks, what do you need from me? So we flash even farther backward now. And we see Sasha and Maggie admiring the sunset. Now, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the episode where they first met Jesus? I guess. Right? Because she's still wearing that, Bob's shirt. It could be. That's it could that. Be. Yeah, it's around that time. Right. Remember, yeah. Jesus popped in. Like they're, they're, I thought they were watching the sunset. And he goes, "Hey, I'm okay." And he has, oh, not Jesus. I mean, uh, Aaron. Not Jesus. Aaron. Well, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron. That's what I thought you meant. I meant yeah, Aaron. Excuse I me. Heard, I, heard, I, heard, I heard you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron. When Aaron pops in from the uh, Alexandria and kind of introduces himself, is that? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was that scene, but that goes pretty far back. I mean, you're going back a couple of seasons now, too. Well, I'm also trying to think of like any significant times where Sasha and Maggie were together, and they're like, that's the only one I can really... Because they, the, that episode really relied on those two being kind of together before kind of Aaron jumped in. Aaron, ju- yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I guess that's what it was. But it was really more just to show them just admiring the beauty of the sunset, I guess. and their Sim- Simple I mean, times. Simpler, okay. Even though those simpler times where, where their RV was gone, they had pretty much nothing, and Aaron came and saved all of them. But, you know, simpler times. Right. Simpler times, yeah. <laughs> After Terminus. Then quick flash to the present. Uh, Daryl and gang are still in the cell with Dwight, kind of exactly where we left off last week. Dwight is looking at Daryl, but Rick is pointing the gun to hit to Dwight's forehead and says, Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> I can't help but think that when he says it. Look at me. Where's Nathan? Where's it? Swear to me. <laughs> I take it you guys have done the joke. Uh, sorry, I haven't listened. That that dude yeah. looks. He's a, is a dead ringer for Christian Bale. Oh, not really. No, no we didn't, we say, didn't we, even do that. Who, just, who is? Dwight. Dwight. Dude really? is a dead ringer for Christian Bale. Well, that, yeah. The blonde hair. Throw me yeah. off a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Like his facial structure and everything, yeah. <laughs> like a country fried version of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't see that. I see what the first time did. I saw that guy, I was like, "Man, he's like a dead ringer for Christian Bale." That's funny. I never, I didn't catch that. Well, yeah, you probably something you there. Right. So, so Rick asks why uh, again to Dwight, implying why do you want to help us? And Dwight simply says that he wants it stopped. He wants Negan dead. And Rick asks, so why didn't you kill him? And Dwight replies, because it won't be simple. All the people around him, they're all Negan. So he's again implying that he's got an army around him. Tara then says, she tells Dwight that the girl that he murdered was her girlfriend, a good person, a doctor that cared for people. 
And Dwight replied, hey, I wasn't aiming for her. And he even said that back then when he killed her. He goes, I really yeah. hit the aim of this thing is tough. He used the cross Daryl's crossbow. He's still getting the, getting the hang of it. Well, that's when Daryl gets pissed off. Oh, he snaps at this point. He couldn't hold back any longer. He takes out his blade and pushes it against. He pushes Dwight against the wall and he holds the blade like one inch from his, his eyeball. And Tara tries to push him over the edge saying, yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> Dwight, now talking to Daryl, looking at him get in the face, says, I know you I know you want to end it this way. Go ahead. I know you want to, but I'm sorry. I really am. So again, he's trying to he's trying to tell Daryl he's sorry for what he did to him, essentially. Right. Rick chimes in suggesting that he is just a plant for Negan. Seeing if Daryl's actually in town or not. That's what he could be de- do- doing there. Dwight denies it, saying that it isn't true. He's really out here on his own. And then recalls how his wife got away, and now he's here. And he says Daryl's here because of her, too. Again, so Daryl understands what he's talking about there, that his wife helped him escape from, from the cells. He says, you knew me then. You know me now. I'm not lying. So he's trying to get through to Daryl. I guess he's trying to play on that thing where they're kind of the opposite, but they're kind of the same. Like, it's just some kind of weird connection between the two of those guys. I don't know. He's playing on that. Yeah. It, I don't know. Just- I, the, the the stuff that's not Sasha that's happening before things get more intense, I I just never felt much much tension between because like I know that Dwight's not gonna die in this opening scene here. I know there's, right. there's nothing like none of this ever like felt threatening to me. It's so like all right, we have to go through all these motions to go through this war because the episode wants me to know that there's gonna be a war happening. Like that's how it's been set up even before it started. So I'm just sitting here waiting. So it's like now I gotta okay now we gotta go through the whole rigmarole of Dwight committing everybody, which is fine. But when you have like Tara off screen going, kill him, kill him, it's do, just it, like, do it, do it, do it. Evil Emperor. I notice I kind of like it, and I it was kind of off because they didn't establish this yet. But I I have a feeling next season is going to be a lot of um, symmetry between uh, him and Dwight and and, and Daryl. Like their situations, I I can see that they're going to have an odd connection, and I don't. And I, I, it feels like the show is trying to tell us that. Well, I think the show's been trying to tell us that even, you know, this season. Like, but it was so little. Like it was so. It's so. What? But but it really like that. What is it? That third episode or whatever. It was the the whole thing where he chases his wife. You mean? And he goes out after her. Well, that one. But even the the first the first half of the season where like with the dog. Oh, Easy Street. Okay, yeah, that's right. Easy. As as I'm sure it's not called Easy Street. (laughs) Uh, Like, it just it. It feels like the the show's really riding it's us. Called to the really cell. Get, yeah, yeah, the cell. Right. But it's really riding on us to get this connection between those two, and I just I've never felt it really be like me either. Me even either. Be, even even going back to last season with the whole. Uh, it seems like that episode of where we first met Dwight and he stole the help the motorcycle. It seems like we're supposed to ride a lot on that episode as far as the beginning of these like weird friendship or really uh, association between the two. Yeah, but I've just I've just never felt that strongly about, and it's like so it, it just kind of keeps I going agree. here. It's and, missing an episode of just those two characters having to deal with each other or fight or work together or something. Like there's, yeah. the, like it almost feels like I missed it. I almost feel I'm like I missed we'll an episode. I'm betting we'll get that at the beginning of next season somewhere. It'll have to give us that, yeah. It'll have to because they haven't shown us the, the connection of like why would you say you know – like that whole thing of you know me. He says you knew me then and you, you know me, me now. now. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that the then was what, back in the woods two seasons ago and then you know yeah. me now is – okay, right. I don't know. Like, so he, if he had a brother, like, I would think, like, if Dwight had some type of thing where his 
family put him into a situation that he didn't want to be in and made him turned him into this thing that he didn't want to be. And they, and he discussed it like they somehow him and Daryl, it came out between them that that happened because that, you know, with Daryl basically we believe his brother kind of put him into his brother and his father or whatever kind of put him into a situation and, and made him, um, do some things that he didn't really want to do and that wasn't the kind of person he really wanted to be. But we never really got that. So it's like, why would he know? Why would they know each other like that? This is the problem when you have too many characters on a show. Because yeah. it's like, it's it's just one of the many things that gets lost yeah. in the translation when you're trying to set up very intricate relationships between so many specific people where it's like, well, this one doesn't register because we spent so much time elsewhere and we lost track of this. So. Right. So he goes on to say that they have another choice besides killing him. You know, he's ple- kind of not pleading, but he's just saying, "Look, guys, you can kill me, or there's another choice here." He says he knows Negan. Negan trusts him. They can work together, meaning Dwight with Rick's group. They can work together to stop him, Negan, that is, and destroy each outpost he has one by one. Rosita then catches everyone up, saying, "Oh, by the way, guys, um, yeah, the Saviors have Sasha if she isn't dead already. Just let you know, guys." So Dwight, Dwight continues is that Negan will be coming soon, very soon, probably three trucks, probably about 20 men or so. He offers to slow them down, says, look, I, I know the route. I can bring down some trees. And if Rick's group can then take the opportunity to basically take out that group of 20, including Negan, it'll be a good start. Then they can take the trucks back to the sanctuary, load it up with Rick's people, take down the sanctuary. And Rick just says, all right, keep talking. He likes me well, What's interesting to me is I thought Rick and them had heard the term sanctuary before this. Yes, yeah, true, because Rick did say, well, What would he mean? What sanctuary? Yeah, like that. So yeah. Too. I think it's more because we were so used to sanctuary. Because, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And whatnot, I, because the, the only person that would have heard sanctuary is probably Dwight, if anybody. So, or, no, sorry, um, uh, Daryl. Daryl. Yeah. yeah so. so then we cut really to the to the gates. They just let Dwight go. It looks like they gave him a truck and just let him drive off on his own. It's kind of yeah. the way it looks. Yeah. <laughs> And then Rick and Daryl were just standing back watching him drive out. And Rick says, well, that's it. It's begun. <laughs> and Daryl says that if Dwight's lying, he's going to kill him real slow. And even if he is sorry, he's still going to kill him. <laughs> and Rick adds, if he's lying, this is already over. Because remember, guys, violence is the solution to everything. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so after the commercial... We get back to Sasha. Again, we see the same shot, the overhead shot in the dark. There's a subtle light coming from underneath her a little bit. And she now mutters, oh, I got to go. And then we flash back again to the same scene with, you know, in her home with Abraham picks picks up where it left off. And Abraham was, again, the one that said that line, oh, I got to go. And Sasha reveals to him that she just had a dream where he died. So we cut back to the present, and we're again in her cell, and Negan is still there leaning over her. But... There was a little time jump here, too, because it's like he basically just got done outlining his plan to her. We didn't hear that, but he says that's the plan. Like, okay, I just explained the plan to you. You didn't hear it on the camera, but okay, here we are again. That's the plan. I wish we would have, though, because I still don't understand (laughs) what exactly his plan was. (laughs) And and he reiterates that uh, she will just remain silent and that he will present them, present her to, I guess, her friends. And that will be the thing that will make them stand down if they haven't already. It makes and no sense, this plan. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, okay, I mean, think, yeah, I'm with you. This plan is fishy yeah. as, as, as all, I'll get out. Do you guys think at this point, okay, if, 
if Sasha was still alive, that that would have been enough to make them stand down. Because I he, think he already had point, them. He had all of them already. Yeah, he, <laughs> had, them, like, he had them. <laughs> I just thought he wanted to do more torture. I think because the way he revered Sasha, I think he felt that maybe Rick's group revered her as well. Like he said it multiple times that you don't mess with her. She's pretty. She's smart. Like just seeing her with the possibility of her getting killed would make Rick maybe possibly stand down. Look, he did before when they killed two of his people. So maybe Negan felt that this, you know, threatening Sasha would be enough to to get them to move. He wasn't going to threaten her, though. Like he was going to basically bring her out and just say like hey sasha look at this and like just show that i don't that she's like on his side or something like it's the weirdest plan because at that point all of the all the junkyard will get to all the junkyard folk they've already turned so it's like there's he are he literally has the town hostage already what else is he accomplishing by like bringing out sasha as if it's some kind of threat like i don't understand yeah that that was that was the weird part right that was the weird part of it i guess I guess maybe if it worked that way, he wouldn't have had to show his hand. Like he would have still had that card in his back pocket. But mm-hmm. it's like what card? But yeah, but like it's a weird ace. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, too I'm many with things you. that happened. It just I don't know. I mean, but, with him having the the, uh, the garbage people, it made zero sense. <laughs> the whole Sasha thing. <laughs> Every time you say garbage people, I think of uh, what is it? Waiting for Guffman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're garbage people. Well, I feel. <laughs> I feel betrayed because Sorry. I grew up learning that garbage people were nice. You had Oscar the Grouch who taught you lessons. You had Sanford and Son, but not these people. No. <laughs> just to, just to, for all, all the listeners, just to make sure you all have this on your checklist, uh, Chub Toad has named Oscar the Grouch and Sanford his Son as garbage people you can trust in life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. <laughs> So then Lucille will get her three, Negan says, once he's presented her uh, and, and, the, and the, the town stands down, that Lucille will get her blood and she and they can move on with a new understanding. Sasha then starts to cry and Negan says, are you shitting me? Is that real? Like she, he's almost disappointed that she's crying a little bit. He likes, he likes thinking of her as more of a badass, I guess. And Sasha says that no one has to die. And Negan disagrees, saying that, look, they need punishment. Punishment is how they built everything we have. Uh, We built everything we have. Sasha then tries to get a little tough, saying, you think I'm going to sit here and let you? And Negan cuts her off and says, careful. You're not letting me do anything. (laughs) He shuts it down real quick when she starts to take that position. Yeah. And Sasha repeats herself again. No one has to die. Negan says, okay. All right. How about just one? I was going to pull three out of the pool, he says, but I'll do just one, just for you. And Negan chuckles as he gets up and says, you've got me wrapped around your finger, you know that? And it's not a man-woman thing, he says. He goes, if you had a dick, I'd still have these feelings. That was funny. (laughs) He's got this, like, respect for her. It's, like, amazing. She just came to kill him 24 hours ago on a suicide mission to kill this guy. Yeah. And he's in love with her. Like he's absolutely in love with her. Like he, he, not like he said a sexual type of. Well, maybe a little bit, but it's more of he respects the hell out of this woman. Well, he lives in a. I mean, he lives in a in a so called sanctuary surrounded by people that are just scared to death of him. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. So I think that there is a. He's sadistic. Like there's that that his sadistic side is. I want you to fight. I want you to. It's not enough for me to slaughter. A sheep, for example, that doesn't bite, doesn't fight back, doesn't mm. do anything. He wants to fight. A, he wants to kill a tiger. He wants to kill 
a wolf. He want like he wants something like he wants to kill another predator. So I think that's why he gets so attracted to like Daryl and and uh, Rick. Well, he even Carl. Him. Remember when Carl showed up? He goes, "You are and, gorgeous, right?" And Carl yeah. and, and then Sasha. <laughs> like I think that's what that's the thing with him because he is such a you know like he is he is like he is sick and he is sadistic, but he he tells himself that like. I'm a I'm I'm not the evil person here, like he, you know like he he just has a way of of his own little psyche of of, of telling himself that it, this is what he's doing is is best for the group. There's it, two. I, there's, I have to break these people. It's, it's the only way. There's two flaws. One is that we know Sasha's going to die no matter what. It's another right. matters. Right. And the other is is any like do any of us care this much about Sasha like. I, like she's been around since nope. season three. I mean, she's been around for a while. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But this is this is an episode. I mean, like Lori didn't get this much like you know like, work before she died un- yeah. unexpectedly. Or, it or, still or, is a fault of the show that when they kill people who they don't when they kill off characters that are not very uh, important to the show, they they seem to do this fake thing of making them appear to be the most important person ever which is not helping here where no, it's just dragging it's the show it, down where it's like it's we a, get it it's a she's problem dying. <laughs> it's a problem that the show has especially with i don't they, they somehow just can't get it together and on a show that part of the allure of the show is to see who gets killed i mean that is part <laughs> of it people don't want to admit it a lot of times but part of it is we do want to see who survives and who doesn't so that sasha never really landed with me much Ever, but, really. well, I, I, I would argue that she hasn't necessarily landed with everybody, but I would I would say perhaps uh, Sonequa Martin Green as an actress on like Talking Dead and whatnot that like that works for people. But as far as the character on the show goes, I'd, I'd be very surprised to see you know if we're still doing if we're still in a world where fan mail exists, how big that pile is versus the pile for other characters. You know, like I mean, it's there's a lot of effort being put into showing us that Sasha's really important. We've had three episodes of this, right? Yeah. It's three episodes, pretty much, of, of, yeah. of, of, of Sasha's death, like and two and like, a half at the very least. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like, so it's like how much, like, yeah, they, they they don't care about her. They don't really care about not her as a person, but I mean, they don't really care about that character because every time she gets hit with a tragedy, they always write her as just leaving. Maybe like, she was you know, in the woods shooting pictures or something. I remember that she just took like, photos just, like, and stuff and was just, shooting she at. Just lied, she just lied down in a grave at one point. Yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah, that was weird, right? Every that's what I'm saying. Every every time there's been something where her character can go through some type of growth, the easy writer response is just to write her as just withdrawing from the group into herself. And then we get episodes with Carol or we get episodes with other characters that they do kind of feel more excited about writing. She so, was bitchy when they came to Alexandria too. Remember that? Yeah, she was like getting was. with uh with Deanna, you know, mm-hmm. she's at the party, she broke down. Oh, don't yeah. stop talking to me. Leave me alone. Like, you know. They and gave so, her nothing to do like except just, you know, be They the, gave nothing to they gave nothing to back it up because it's no. like, it's there, but it's like and I don't think it's a fault. It's not a fault of of Green, like she's doing no, what's required her of her, but it's like no, the she's writers fine. Seem, yeah, she's the writers okay. the writers just seem to half ass it. They're like, "All right, we'll make Sasha be this way." But they don't like fill in the rest of that blank. They just like let that sit there, and so that's the character I have to go with for the you know whenever she's involved in something. It's just all right. She's going to get very upset and draw and withdrawn, and that's all I have to go on. Where 
other characters are allowed, you know, Carol, what have you, they're given so much more nuance to play with or what have you. So it's just <laughs> like, what? I just don't. So now you get this, you know, this epic send off for a supposedly major character that I just have no regard for beyond like, I don't, you know, I, I like you well enough. That I don't want you to die because of this asshole over here. But at the same time, I don't know why I'm supposed to care this much on a TV show about you specifically. Like it's just it's it's off putting for an episode that should be moving, moving, moving. Yeah. So we flash back to the Maggie Sasha Sasha sunset again, and that's it. You just see them sitting there. There's no dialogue this time. They're just sitting there looking at the sunset. We then flash forward to the present. Maggie, Enid, and Jesus are strategizing as to what to do next. And apparently, they, this is after Gregory has gone to be with the saviors. Rick's group is in danger. They need to take take action soon. Maggie knows that they're going to need help. And we see that little Judith is now at the hilltop. So I guess they left her there for safety, I'm assuming. That yeah, confused. I was like, who, what baby is that? I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I wrote baby question mark on my notes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Maggie's babysitting. That's it, you know. Uh, <laughs> you a perfectly good white baby. What's going on with that? So, so, and then she's on the floor making noise. Enid then scoops her up uh, and then tells Maggie, here, take this. You're going to need it. And gives back Herschel's watch, which, again, Maggie kind of bequeathed to Enid a little bit. But I think she yeah. gave it to her saying, here, you're going to need this more than I need it. And I guess that may have started this kind of you know memory lane of Glenn. Obviously, she's been thinking about Glenn, but the whole watch connection to Glenn is there, too. So maybe that started that. Maybe that planted that seed a little bit. Yeah, there's all, they also tie that up at the end where she's doing her speech, where she has to watch in her hand. Right. Yep. Yeah. So there's something Last about that. Thing we see. Yeah. That's good. That's called good thematic symbolism. Mm. <laughs> Time keeps on ticking, guys. Into the future. <laughs> you know that, man. <laughs> on the road outside of the kingdom, Carol is leading a brigade on foot. They're fully armed. They got their armor on, and Jerry is carrying this Renaissance style flag representing the kingdom. It's just amazing. The banner man. That the banner. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I love Jerry. It's Who's got tassels on it. Like it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, In the banner man. He's, <laughs> all, all, all they were missing was like a jester to be like prancing down the street. Like a drumline. The king in his court. I see Jon Snow going the other way. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're blocked by those darn shopping carts again, and this gets them spooked as the guy who did this the first time, Richard, is now dead, and incidentally not buried too far away, <laughs> suddenly Morgan appears from behind some vehicles, and we oh. see his staff is now sharpened to a spear, which we saw him doing a few episodes ago, and there's blood at the other end of that, at the spear end. And Jerry says to him, dude, are you okay? And Morgan doesn't respond, but Carol walks over and asks him if he's trying to ambush the saviors on his own. And he replies, yeah. And Carol says that going alone is not going to work. Morgan says, well, it works for him. She asks if he killed any of them because that could jeopardize their plans if they know it was them. You know, the kingdom is involved. Morgan says, no, it was just walkers that he killed or I guess cleared in his in his mind. Well, it's, it's funny you use that word because that's the same setup he had in that little town in clear. He has yeah. little traps like and yeah. Yeah. traps yeah. ambush. And it's like he's gone. He's kind of gone back. To, like we we mentioned in an earlier episode, he might have gone back to that mentality a little bit. You know, yeah. the savagery after uh, after uh, uh, Sebastian died. Oh, he got the crazy eye. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's but in that I happy thought, medium between super insane and fairly yeah. competent. 
but uh, I just thought I thought that was. I mean, you, you mentioned it was a callback to Richard's plan or whatever, but I saw it as a callback to Clear. You mm. know? That's what I thought about. It's so, yeah, like in, it's, in this it's, nesting it's, mode where he's waiting in ambush, just like he was in that episode. Because he feels safe in that mode. I think yes, that's, exactly, that's a safe exactly. uh, mode to be in that that yes. way. Well, but he admitted though that he was trying to ambush the saviors. I mean, she asked him point blank, and he said, "Yeah." So I guess. Yeah. I mean, he didn't set like these elaborate traps. I know just, if he killed a few walkers along the way, that's fine. Like he cleared him, but I think in this mind, he wants revenge. I think is yeah. what it seems like. Well, right? because, well because okay. they, then they then they counter him. It's like, well, what if they came, they died, and then like we get punished because of that? that right. Of that's thing. what Carol basically was saying. Yeah, ex- exactly. So and King Ezekiel then, steps I'm, in. Sorry, oh, I just yeah. got to say, I'm go sorry. Really, really no, no, quick. no, go. Um, you know, I keep saying about high points and low points of this episode. The high points were really high for me. These scenes with Morgan and Ezekiel and Carol. One of the high points for me, yes, because again, yeah, you know, seeing, yeah. seeing actors of that caliber work off yeah. each other like that, that that little speech that Ezekiel, that I think you're about to go into now, yes. that Ezekiel gives to Morgan, like to get him, like that little Braveheart speech to get him pumped up and back with the team, you know, that was that was really, I mean, that whole scene was like was like gold to me. I thought that was like one of the best scenes in the episode. I mean, yeah, that John, all the action and everything. That just really, again, one of the high points of the scene. Of the of the episode that was very uneven, but um, well, you know, very act, good scene. Very good. That scene. actor is great, and the thing that like he he made me forget that I thought he was crazy. <laughs> yeah, he did. I no feel doubt. like he totally made me just all of that crazy kingdom talk. It's it's where the, the writing shines because yeah. for one thing it's not focused on people dying like there's no. no there's no scenario where Carol Morgan or Ezekiel are about to die all of a sudden so you don't have to worry about tension it's all about it's character driven conversation it it's is not, it's it's about it's about their where they're morally concerned with right now what their what their goal is as far as doing things elsewhere it's not concerned with you know we're holding each other at gunpoint and one of us is going to die maybe it's just about these people relating to each other on a different level and that's and how, and how they're all and they're all at different points on the moral spectrum you know exactly. like yeah. and, and Morgan's gone from you know told you know non-killing to to murdering and, and Carol you know is, is is went all the way into murdering but was trying to work her way back to not killing and then here's you know I mean it was just the dynamic as you say and the dynamic of the characters made the made that scene compelling more than any action sequence or choreography later on. And Ezekiel, early on when we meet him, he when he was talking candid, and he was saying that how the 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 group is kind of like comforted by his like they almost need him to play that part, mm-hmm. even though they know he's not a king. Well, they right, but they, yeah, I felt yeah. that like. For the first time, I actually felt that comfort because when he's yelling <laughs> all these platitudes, I'm like, well, we can make like I almost felt like, well, maybe it's going to be all right. Like I I did feel what the characters felt. And then I have to give it to this actor because for him to, to yeah, do yeah, that. Carrie, Carrie Payton. Yes. Payton. He is so like for him to be able to do that. And he said he channeled I think he said he channeled his grandfather or something. When they interviewed him on Talking, talking, talking Dead, Dead, yeah, he was talking about that a little bit, yeah. And I, he the surprise guest. He was a one earlier on, and he was again, he, on, he was on twice. I think, yeah. This, the first time he came on, like yeah. he, he was talking about this part when they first introduced him, and he said it, he he kind of brought that in. There's just a it's just a soulfulness to it. Like it just when he plays that part and how he talks to people, it's just like another actor can say this. Could could do the king thing, and the speech is all great and all that. But if it's not written well, it ju- you're just giving, you know, you're just saying, you know, you're just speechifying, right? It, it doesn't really matter. 
Oh, you're but, Negan? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but with Ezekiel, it's almost like he's putting a, a comforting arm around you saying, we can do this. Like, he's almost picking you up, even if you're scared, because I'd be scared out of my mind in this situation. It's almost like we it's going to be all right. We we can do this. Like you, we are we are powerful. It's like he was saying it, and like even Carol stopped rolling her eyes. Like she did not one time did she give him that look of like you're full of crap. Like no, she no, yeah, yeah, embraced it, and and it was just like that that trio, like the way they walked together. You know, even Morgan trying to be like, um, you know, like I need to do this on my own, and you know, like you know, he had that stance. He kind of relented with him too. He, like when he said what he said to him, it did it did affect him because he kind of you know like gave into it. He was kind of like, okay, he, yeah. you know, like I am a part of the group. Like I am going to do this. Yeah. So and, I, I quoted actually a lot of it. He says King Ezekiel confronts Morgan, asks the question, "Do you seek to extinguish everything you once were?" And Morgan responds, "I don't I don't seek it, but I'm stuck." The king asks if he wants. You know, Morgan, does he want the Savior's dead? And Morgan replies, of course I do. King then tells Morgan to cease this folly and accompany his regiment. The Saviors are a dragon with many heads, with numbers legion. We must seek allies in this endeavor. He then notices that Morgan is wearing Benjamin's body armor and asks if he wears it in his honor or just wears it to protect himself. Didn't really get an answer from, from Morgan, but the king says strongly, you are not stuck. Join my regiment, fight with us, so no one has to suffer under the capricious malevolence of the saviors ever again. And Morgan simply nods, and the king leads the group on their way. Like, and my thought throughout all this is like, if anyone could shake Morgan out of this, it's got to be the king. Like, Carol wasn't going to do it, obviously. Jerry definitely wasn't doing it, right? But you yeah. know, the, the king steps in, like you said. If this- I didn't have a bad knee, I would have went with him too. <laughs> but it's just- you know, it's a bad knee. I can't do that. But took an arrow to the knee, huh? Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to. I want. I wanted to go right up there with him. And... Let's not undersell Jerry's capabilities. I'm sure if you gave Jerry an afternoon, he could probably convince Morgan to do some stuff with him too. He's dude, gonna, uh, dude, you all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be yeah, like so... a laid back, like, hey, you want to play some games over here? We got like Make Scrabble. We got Connect Four. Come on, dude. Uh, Stop fearing, man. Come on. I just got some cinnamon rolls. We can hang yeah, back yeah. and have a cobbler. Cobbler. Make some cobbler for him, dude. <laughs> Be a good time. I think, Carol's got to make cookies. That's right. When, when Carrie uh, Peyton does a scene like this, it explains why. It kind of shows why he's the leader, why yeah. he's king, other than the fact he has a tiger. You know, right. so yeah, that's yeah. kind of a determinant factor as well. But <laughs> I mean, you really like when he when he brings about that inspiration in Morgan in the scene. It really sells why he's the leader of the yeah. kingdom. Why people gather around him, gravitate to him, and, and accept him as a leader. I mean, he's like the, he's like the anti-Gregory. Totally. <laughs> Little known fact. He has a great animation voice. Like that, you could tell yeah, whenever he, he speaks. I'm like, I know that dude does animation. He, like, he admitted no he does though. I think he did. He said it on the talking. Yeah. Did he's done a lot of voiceover stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. No, he totally has. Yeah, too. Little, little known. Of- Little note fact, uh, FDR got his third and fourth turns because he had a tiger at his side. Where is Gregory since somebody brought him up? Where well, 
based off the what last or whatever a couple weeks ago showed us he was on his way to go see simon about some things but now that makes no sense because they already yeah. knew that rick was up to no good so right. what, what was that purpose for i don't know the timeline yeah. got a little jacked here i mean with these time jumps it's really hard to see where yeah, that is yeah. and where they are i mean obviously we can see it's just when he left it's probably the next yeah. day after he left so maybe he didn't yeah. make it there yet who know who the hell there'll, knows where he there'll is there'll be an episode there'll be a whole episode next season of what happened to Gre- gregory oh, and, oh god can you imagine it'll turn out he died like stupid like he <laughs> You know, <laughs> can you imagine a whole Gregory issue. episode? Oh my broke God. His uh, bro, I thought like, that too. Though. Though. That sounds like the greatest thing possible right now. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> Xander Berkeley? All right, yes, yes. Gregory episode? Well, about that. I'm having oh, flashbacks God. to the governor episodes. I'm sorry, those two that we all love so much. When oh, he's man, bearded. that fake beard. Oh, fake beard. Don't, fake don't, beard. Don't, I'm don't. still traumatized. <laughs> Don't throw that under the bus. I can watch a Gregory episode. <laughs> Only if Simon's in it, though, right? Simon has to be the way. He... Oh, that guy, he'd have to. Okay. Be. He'd have like a musical duet and everything. It'd be great. <laughs> so I was, he'll get his own spinoff uh, for Taco Bell, you know, Liv Moss. Greg and Simon, Liv Moss. With Gregory. <laughs> On the road to Hilltop. On the to the border. So after commercial, actually, that would be pretty funny. Those are the only two survivors of the war. It was like Gregory and Simon. They end up going off into the sunset together. Oh, that would actually be you funny. Read, you ever read the comics? <laughs> <laughs> so after commercial, it's daytime now, back in Alexandria. Rick has picked up the junkyard people and led them back to Alexandria to get the reinforcements, I guess. They're gearing up for war. And some of them actually use a garbage truck as their personnel transport. Yeah. It's so they funny. Have, they have garbage trucks and BMX bikes on the way. Yeah, they roll in a BMX bike, and 15 of them pop out of the back of the garbage truck. It was just hilarious. So that, that, that it's like they're coming out of a Roger Corman 80s post-apocalyptic <laughs> movie, yeah. you know? Have, so I'm going to another <laughs> So another break Solar point Solar babies. Because I wasn't on when those guys, when those freaks first showed up. Yeah. Has like Kirkman or anybody come out and explain like how in the process of like a year, what is it, maybe two years since the world went? Yeah, to it's hell? about about two years plus like, right now. Yeah, how these people just forgot to speak or like? <laughs> I was like, thinking the same thing. It's funny. I mean, to say that. I know, I Russ, Russ, they take. They never bother. Oh my god! They don't, like, every, they just, don't bother. They take. If this was Mad Max or if it was twenty years from now or another generation, I'm like, okay, I get it. Right. But two years, like. Who taught? Who would change Russ, their speech to that? Russ, let's be honest. They were doing this before the zombie apocalypse started. Probably. <laughs> this, it was, this, this it was, was like a, a D&D was, group that went yeah. way off the rails and it, got it into it. It was a LARP that went horribly wrong. Yeah, exactly. I it's an extended group. They were skater groups and bike riders. That's like, why I say that because, like, well, if in those in those eighties like post-apocalyptic uh, movies, they always had like a few words they would change. You know, to show that they're in the future. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's I mean, practically they, homeless. Like, I, I can see them being, like, <laughs> on the yeah. outskirts. Of the, yeah, they, they had to have been. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. if, they, if they show their backstory one day and it's she's, like, some... Jada's episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. If, no, not, please. Yeah. if it turns out she's, like, a day trader or something like that, I'm going to be like, what? Like, what? Like, it's like a flight stewardess. Yeah. <laughs> and flight 462. Yeah, she bailed out, though. <laughs> yeah, she, thought, oh, she was on flight She had a parachute. She jumped out before it crashed. Yeah, that was it. It's just every time they start that nonsense speak, it just – it really, really takes me out of it. Like I'm just yeah, like I, I don't agree. believe this for three seconds. Yeah, I just think they're just a group of people that were home. Like they were street street kids and homeless people. I do. I do. Like I know, the guy like that warriors. shot the – Does it not make sense to me? <laughs> the guy that shot That makes me feel uh, the um, the flare gun. He looks like he could pretty much, pretty well be 
someone who was homeless, who was li- living out of a, a shelter or something. And <laughs> I, that's what I think when I see them. Like, I, I could see, like, some of them, I could see them being in balance, you know, some of them being on, you know, medications, and they've been kind of destitute, and, you know, and and she came in and said, you know, we bring we bring you in. You're part of us, you know, when this thing happened. So after they unload from the trucks, Jadis is impressed with Alexandria, and she asks Rick, is this what he's fighting for? And he replies, well, we're really fighting for each other, not just, you know, the, the town and their belongings. And Jadis then asks Michonne. I think it's where she's underwhelmed by Alexandria. I think that, that was the kind of reaction I thought she had. It was like, this is it? <laughs> like, it's just, like, even though she's so used to junkyards, I think There's she got a little bit Not as many like, hubcaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> J- Jadis then asks Michonne if Rick is hers. And she's like, yeah, we're together. Jadis tells Michonne, okay, after I will lay with Rick. And that look <laughs> it, on her face. Is that going to be a problem? Michonne's like, um, yeah, we should all get back to work. And Rick's like, yeah, yeah, we should get back to work. Did you notice the look she had first? Oh yeah, it was said anything. Did you see the sword on my back? Do you do you not see that? Like (laughs) a thousand yard stairs being given, and then the slow backaways. But I like her look after. Her look after was like, that was worth a shot. You know, she does a little eyebrow raise to the camera. She turns to the camera and does a little. Okay, I tried. You know, like that. And she does like a little dance of the WB theme plays. She dances off screen. (laughs) (laughs) So we see Daryl, Rosita, and Aaron inside of a box truck wiring up the explosives that they found. Stripping wires, making bundles of TNT, kind of a nice little, little, uh, little homage to, uh, I guess, MacGyver there. They were just kind of setting their whole little explosive thing up. On the road, Negan's gang is stopped by some downed trees. And at this point, we can see that Dwight is back with the group. So this is where I got a little confused right here. Is did Dwight take the trees down and then drive back to the, the sanctuary to meet up with Negan? Or yeah, that's what I I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Or did he not even to... did he not even touch the trees? Did, did Rick's group take the trees down and he just drove home? Like I don't. No, no. Dwight said he would do the yeah. trees. He did the trees. He apparently he's... he's very efficient at it because he was able to do that at night on his drive back. Right. That's back. what I was thinking. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there was even a scene where they're like looking at the trees and, and, you know, like, I wonder, you know, I wonder what happened here or who did this. And Dwight kind of gives that look, like, not quite at the camera, but kind of off camera. Yeah, to the right there. Yeah. And, like, you know, the music, there's a little music sting, and you're like, ah, okay, thank you. (laughs) And and he's holding his hand at the bottom, waving at the camera. And then the. Twisting his his mustache. And (laughs) there's like a Led Zeppelin. He goes, ah! Right there, this cuts right there. This is a really comical. I don't know if you guys saw this cut, but I saw a great cut of this episode. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, you got to hear the good one. cut. <laughs> so Simon is suspicious, but Negan is playing cool and smiles and saying that you know, we already we already have Plan B. Eugene then shuffles over, offering to help. He says, <laughs> "I know a way to slow their jets and cool their roll." <laughs> I quoted that one. Both things. <laughs> yeah. Cut to Alexandria again. The junkyard people are working side by side. With the with the Alexandria people kind of you know arming and they're preparing together and you hear this cool music like they're all just kind of you know arming for war together and uh, Michonne and I guess this creepy junkyard girl are in the top of one of the homes using it as a vantage point for sniping and she's creepy and she says to Michonne we win and Michonne's like yeah okay we're gonna win <laughs> that was that was a little odd a little- I still wonder if they aren't from a mental hospital. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think that's we're going to get a story of this. I'm telling you, I think they're going to be that they were, uh, you know, like homeless, hmm. living on the streets. Yeah. 
so back to Sasha. She's sweating a bit more now, so we can see the timeline progressing, and she's whimpering a bit, and she mutters, you know what's going to happen and how it's going to end. And again, we flash back to Abraham, who says the same line. Uh, he wants to know he dies in his dream, like how he dies. She says it was at the beach. He got pulled under and didn't come back up. Uh, that She went in after him, but then she began to drown as well. Abraham scoffs and says he hates the beach. That at the end of the day, in the wetsuit, every step you take is like sandblasting your nutsack back to the car. <laughs> he reassures her that they aren't going to the seaside. It's a simple run. It's a security run. Just going to chew some road up. Getting some great Abrahamisms in there. Sasha then again tries to convince him to stay behind. That, look, you know, Maggie, she can take care of Maggie. Like, I want you here. We cut forward. Eugene is escorting Sasha out of the prison block and outside to the truck. He asks her if he reconsidered taking that, quote, allergy medication that he provided. She said yes, and Eugene was relieved, saying that she will eventually adjust to the place, sinus-wise. She she disagrees, and Eugene says that, look, you know, if people die here today, it'll be by their choice. He's rationalized this whole thing in his head right oh, now. Oh, yeah. But she, but she agrees with him. She said, yeah. Yeah, I guess she knew he was going to go. Like she almost had the feeling he was going to be taken out at this point. Like right. maybe she was trying to tell him that subtly, but I don't know. He wasn't definitely wasn't picking up on it. No, I I, I gotta say I like, I like I like just real quick I like Eugene's new black trench coat look. <laughs> this dark yeah, Eugene. He looks uh, like yeah. he looks like you know dark janitor, or evil janitor, or something. It's I forget if you were on the episode, Jim, but yeah, we talked about how it seems like he's doing that very self-consciously. Like it's like he knows that he's purposely choosing to be bad, and he knows that if he looked at himself, he would recognize himself as the dark version of himself because he's that geeky. Um, right. <laughs> I, I continue to like this take on Eugene because I I don't I real I honestly don't yeah. know what he's doing with it. I don't know if he actually really is waiting for a moment to like kind of to do something or if he's he actually he's he's completely turned around even if it's just based on the situation he'd easily turn back again like it's there's enough ambiguity right now i think mm -hmm. i i could go i could take it any, any way i can't read him i think he's negan i think he just feels security with this group he gravitates to whatever group is going to give him security and i think at this point he sees negan as the one that can keep him alive if anybody can and he's just bought into that whole thing well, he's he has no he has odds. no choice. I mean, he has, he's, it's not like he's going to be the guy that's going to get away. So it's like I, I get that he's submitting to Negan, but I can't read if it's if it's a matter of convenience or if he truly just if like if given the if given the choice, he would choose Negan all all the way, no matter what. Like if he had both options available to him and he just chose one over the yeah, other. Yeah, I see what you're saying, right? Or or if he's super, or if he's really secretly like. I have means to kill Negan, but I'm going to wait for my right moment because I'm secretly still with Rick all the way. Like I, don't, I have no idea what to read from him. Yeah, he's trying real hard for someone that's like, playing both sides. Like he's really, I, he's offering a lot of his services. Let's put it that way. He's not just I, doing I, it reluctantly. He's, he's. I wouldn't be surprised if the show doesn't know either. Okay, I, that I could be. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, working for Negan like feeds his ego, though. He needs, he likes to feel important, even though it's all built mm. on a lie. That's why he took that same tactic when he met Rick in the group for the first time. You know. So because he, he's he's smart enough to be able to play that, but he's also right. cowardly enough to know to play that. So it's right. it's a weird line to ride. Well, right. he, he probably figures, okay, he's just playing the odds. Like this is the best play for him now. Right now, man. and he knows if if things flip the other way, he he could always BS right. his way back into Alexandria and just you know basically say, well, you know, Negan and I was forced and I didn't have a choice and. You know, on and on. So he's he's kind of in a no lose situation unless he gets killed in the crossfire. But 
But I oh, think yeah, he's I, just playing the odds. I I agree for sure with that because that's there's no other choice for him. I just I don't I I honestly don't know <laughs> like if he if if like there were two paths and he could walk down the Rick path again or he could walk down the Negan path and nobody's there to influence him. I don't know which one he would take. Right. I think he would take the Negan path because he's. He's like the you know he's like the head honcho. He has his he he kind of has you know people listen to him and they believe him. And I think with the Alexandria group, they've come to realize he's a fraud. I mean, yeah, he has right. some skills and there's things. Well, he back, can do. I mean, before he left Alexandria, he was about to like start making bullets for them. Right. And he was right. taking yeah. training to be a better fighter and stuff. Like he was he wasn't he wasn't in the same place that he was when he like with when Abraham and him were still no. fighting. Like he was in a better position as far no, as no, but he like. For a guy that's probably been, you know, picked on and thought less of his whole life, for him to come into this group and basically just have his run of everything, mm-hmm. um, I, I think if if all things equal, I think he would stay the path he's on. I think he only would make a choice if he felt like, um, because he's a coward at heart, that he had no choice but to make a move. Fair enough. And Rosita was treating him pretty crappy, like leading up to this. She had, I mean, it wasn't like the whole episode's worth, but there was some lines they had. I could just get out of my way, you know. Not like all the other people that she treated like saints, right? (laughs) (laughs) But she definitely took it out on him in a lot of ways. I mean, well, even Abraham too. I mean, back in the, you know, he he turned on, he uh, lashed out at him too. Yeah, quite a bit. Because they're a family. I mean, you can make fun of family. You don't let other people make fun of your family. So, flashback again to the Maggie-Sasha sunset scene, and Sasha now asks, why are we here? And they're just staring at the sunset, and Maggie replies, for this. And that's it. There's so much of this. Wow. (laughs) Back at Alexandria, though, the junkyard people are in place, and they're using their turkey calls and everything to kind of signal to each other that, okay, we're ready. Rick is standing at the top of the gate. Eugene is rolling in on the top of one of the Savior's trucks with a megaphone. Yeah. And I quoted most of this because it's it's hilarious. He goes, all points are covered. Every contingency is already met. I'm coming armed with two barrels of truth. <laughs> a test is upon you, and I'm giving you I'm giving you the cheat sheet. And, he, and he, then he rolls up, and he sees Rick, and he goes, hello. Uh, I come salve with the hope that you will heave. um, he says bottom lining it you may thrive or you may die I sincerely hope the former the jig is up and in full effect (laughs) to to back up a step when when Eugene was asking if he could slow their rolls and cool their jets and halt their pulse and do their booze and whatever else he was saying um, was he saying that he was going to go ahead like ahead of the group and do that himself or was he just saying let me be the the speaker in this what I think he wanted to stop them from fighting back or something. Well, yeah, but we like, the, talk about it. well, the way I heard it, I thought he meant like because the trees were halting them. Was he like going to go ahead to like get ahead yeah. of everything? Yeah. Okay. Before the before the fighting starts, maybe I can you know talk them down, talk them down, and it won't be a, a, a you know this well, I thought, turn into a thing. And I right. thought that was because the trees were going to hold them up, so it'd be like he went in like a, he'd go in like a separate group, and then like the others would meet. Would meet him. Was that what it was, or was uh, it just just him like debating an idea of how to handle this? I mean, he was part of the convoy. He just kind of took the roof of the, the lead truck and then was shouting out with a megaphone, yeah. right? I mean, I don't think they were like that far ahead of Negan. I don't think he was. That's pretty much the brave. That's his idea of being as brave as he can be. So they, I, I, yeah. I only asked because I was confu- I was confused because I thought I thought that his plan was like well we can't get all of the trucks over there right now because of these trees so what if I went ahead and became the speaker 
And I was like, well, that that okay. And then, but then you know, Negan and everybody, they're already there with him. Yeah, so they popped like, out like in the truck behind him. So it was like, so I was like, right well, there. how does that? Like, I thought the trees were blocking him. Like, whatever. But okay, like, all right. I actually thought he was gonna beg to go home because he didn't want to fight. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Has to go home. Rick, take me, please. So Rick is in shock after he sees what he's seeing. I mean, he's seeing Eugene basically being a turncoat and speaking now for Negan, and he simply replies, "Where's Negan?" And Eugene yeah. puts the megaphone down and says, I'm Negan. <laughs> and Rick looks serious, but he's saddened, too. You see that little glassy eye you know, look he has sometimes. Yeah, he had and that look on his face like, this mother. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he did a little, a little sad but angry look at the same time, which is kind of hard to do. But, you know, Rick had that little, little look this, going. I'm worried about you, too, for <laughs> a minute. <laughs> but he gives Rosita the little nod. Which is Come a signal to, She's blow up to, the truck, right, to blow up the truck with explosives right next to Eugene. Right. Rosita doesn't even hesitate. She's done with Eugene right now. She had enough of him. You know, she, I thought she was going to shoot him in the head. <laughs> see, I did. I see, really I, I thought Rick, the Rick, same I'll push thing. this button in a minute. Let me shoot him first. Yeah, <laughs> so Rosita pushes the button, but nothing happens. And before the Alexandrians can react, all the junkyard people... Pull their guns on the Alexandrians. Turkey call man opens the gate. Negan then hops out of his truck. He kind of pats Eugene on the back. Dwight is still with them and kind of eyeballs Rick. Like Rick and Dwight share a look for a minute there. And I guess it was like Dwight saying, I don't know, I don't know what's going on here. Like, yeah. This <laughs> ain't me. This ain't me, right? He's trying to convey that kind of look. Michonne can see that Jadis is holding Rick hostage on that little perch there and says no, but then creepy junkyard girl. Also near Michonne, just they start their little death match and says, "We win." CJG. Uh, CJG. Now uh, the timing. Of, now here's something about this scene that bothered me. Like yeah. the time, the timing on this is where it's like, uh, like Carl like starts to fight and they're like actually like you know start fighting or whatever and like. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh am I? I mean, I'm sorry. You're you're little, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. Ahead. I'm a little ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You, yeah. We're, we're still Sorry. we're still at the ludicrous part where Rick's plan is to blow up a truck. Right. Well, <laughs> That's it. I know. Apparently, I, I, at, at his front gate. At, yeah. At the front and and no backup plan. Like that. Sorry. <laughs> going to talk about the ludicrous part coming up. I'm sorry. Yeah. But before we get to all the ludicrousness <laughs> and all that fun stuff, we have a very 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 special oh, commercial break. Oh oh wait wait. Oh, so okay. Russ, are you, are you sitting down? Are you, are you buckled up? Are you okay, man? So are you nice. good? Okay. So I don't know if my heart can take this. Did you get your medication, Chub, you're good? everybody? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. We just signed their waivers. <laughs> Grab your seats and eat your meats, guys. It's going to get heavy right here. It is time for not only then Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile, the uncarrier, the final episode brought to you by Mr. Aaron Newerth. Aaron, would you please take us through it? Guys, the series finale of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile, the uncarrier, was, uh, you know, I, I, at first I thought it was kind of a letdown. But then upon thinking about the series finale of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile, the uncarrier, I started to appreciate what Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage unleashed <laughs> by T-Mobile, the uncarrier, is trying to do. Um so basically, we pick up where we left off, which is uh, Gabby had just stabbed Colton um, in the in like the belly, and he's like leaving him to die. And so Sierra and Gabby are now, you know, they're trying to get the hell out of this passage that they've been in, and they run they they they're running through this tunnel. They run past one of the guys that's being eaten by a walker, 
which is like, oh, that's nasty. And then and they start climbing through, like, um, Sierra starts climbing up the uh, the ladder out of there, and Gabby's following behind, and you get a quick jump because the, the walker, like, jumps at her leg, and you kind of think that something happens. Like, nope, it's just, like, one last scare. Then they both climb out of the tunnel, and they stand out, and it's bright sun on their mountainside, and the, the two of them, they look at each other, they hold hands, and they're like, we did it. And that's the end of the season of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile, the Uncarrier. Now, I will say... It's in terms of things that happen, somewhat anticlimactic. Not Colton, no. The previous week's episode, yes, was a really strong, really strong penultimate episode. There was action, real suspense. But this week, I think if you watch this as a whole, it would probably play really well. Like if you watch it all, like within the fourteen minutes that it takes to watch this whole thing, it probably plays pretty well. I did, I did the did it today, and it does play well. Watching it, so back. you watch the whole the whole thing from the first episode right to the end. You watch the yep. whole. Okay, yep. I had to get prepared for Aaron's. You know, <laughs> just, just I do have to ask Aaron though. Now that the season has passed us, who brought it better, Taco Bell or T-Mobile? Hmm. Who, who, who That's really tough. Brought, which half was better? And, and who should be the next sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, next sponsor, yeah. the, ne- uh, the next sponsor should be the um, the Sprint guy that used to be the Verizon guy. Like that should be the sponsor. Pop <laughs> <laughs> is like, hey guys, can you uh, can you eat me now? And then just like walk away. Uh, but no, I, this whole season, I you know, I'd give the whole passage experience of four busters, guys. I think it was a solid little short film if you add it all up together. Like it, it worked. Yeah, I thought it was actually pretty interesting. And I, I was wondering though, at the end when they popped out of the hole, was that the town? That maybe the Fear of the Walking Dead people were in that Rosa Rosalita whatever that was where uh, that's the impression I got. Did it? I, I hope it's something that connects to the series. If right. Should be involved just like the mean, the the girl from uh, the Flight Four Six Two episode was. Because so. they're they're in Mexico, mean, obviously. Mean when they popped out of the passage. The passage, yes. Well, yeah, they have to. Not make the whole. I'm sorry. Whole. Excuse me. The hash the hashtag passage. You're right. I apologize. I'm using the wrong. It's, the whole idea was that they're in a, a border tunnel that or passage that right. went between. The, you know, USA and Mexico, and right? then they have like no cell phone signal for the second half. Of the <laughs> but they got unleashed by T-Mobile. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm maybe wondering that maybe Daniel Salazar will run into those two. You know what I'm saying? Like he, we still haven't found out where he is. True. You know, so maybe these characters we haven't seen the last of Gabby and yeah, the, the whole and Sierra, the whole uh, first uh, knifey girl. Whole... I thought I kept thinking knifey girl. I'm sorry, that's what you called her most the, the of the whole, season. The whole, the whole first half of Fear the Walking Dead will focus on Ruben Bled's uh, <laughs> carrying carrying those two and the woman from Flight Four Six Two in like the back of his truck. Like, hey guys, we're part of the cast now. <laughs> <laughs> Pour one out for Colton tonight, man. Yes, please do. <laughs> Listen, Aaron, you you did some amazing coverage. It was some of your best work, actually. Tell you the truth, Aaron. Uh, bravo, yeah. bravo, Aaron. Yeah, bravo. Uh, we got through it. So the final hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile. Uh, Golf clap for you. Yeah, seriously, man, it was some good good stuff. And uh, yeah, so I, I actually I'm going to watch. That's a good good call out, Chubb. I think I should watch it end to end now and take it all in. So after that commercial, Negan approaches the gate and says, "You ever hear the one about?" Uh, this little stupid prick who was named Rick, he thought he knew shit, but he didn't know shit, and everyone he gave about got killed. Good <laughs> I did like that. that was some Negan-ass Negan right yes, there. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That's right out of the comic, too. That's like a word-for-word like part yeah. of yep. Yeah, that's about as Negan as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> he then tells Rick to tell his people to put their guns down, and Rick refuses, says no one drops anything. Rick then looks at Jadis and says... I thought we had a deal. Jadis 
in her strange language, replied that uh, Tam, what's it, Tamil? What is her name? Um, or whatever her name is. Tamil followed the ones who took the stuff from the boat and then followed the ones who took the stuff from there. They made a better deal. Ugh. Negan chimes in again. You push me, you push me, and you push me, Rick. <laughs> Anybody here not see the betrayal of the garbage people coming? Honestly, I totally I did thought not see next it. season. Right? I, I totally I thought, did not see it. I thought that they would be the problem that they would have next season because they like to take things. So right. I thought after they do this war or during the war, they would get a little bit too grabby with things, and then that would be the and you know the the next the other right. fight that they would have to have while they're right. dealing with Negan. Hmm. I didn't I, think they would do it this soon. I figured I, they'd I, turn on him, but I didn't think it would be this soon. Yeah, I I enjoyed I their weirdness. Were... I enjoyed their weirdness so much where mm-hmm. I was like, well, I get. I mean, they could be evil, but at the same time, they seem like they live by a code. So I could I I feel like they respect that code. Obviously. You know, if you make it a better deal, then that's a that's a major factor right there. But I was right. too into how weird it was that I was like, I'm enjoying this so much that I didn't think about the idea of them betraying Rick. <laughs> I was totally surprised, too. And my whole thought was they're just there to be, you know, add to the body count of this war. It's really I thought the whole purpose for their introduction and being brought into this whole thing. So this was a twist to me. Hmm. So Negan is still talking to Rick. Uh, he says, you, "You just tried to blow us up, Rick. Try to, you know." He then signals to Dwight and Simon to show Rick the surprise. So, so Dwight and Simon get on top of the truck. Wait, he, wait, 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 because yes. because he, he has that the way he says it. With the, the, uh, he, first, he's like, "I can understand you wanting to kill me, my men, but Eugene." He like, says that next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Sa- he says, uh, "He says we understand you don't like Eugene anymore. Okay, but you must still like Sasha, right?" He says like that too after he unpackages it. But you're right; it was kind of funny. It, he says, "Yeah, I don't mind you blowing me up or something like that, but Eugene, yeah." And then they, they neatly packaged Sasha. They they get her on a little, little coffin there. Um, he then demands they have all the guns they managed to scrape up. He wants every last grain of lemonade they've got left. Also, he wants Rick to choose a person to meet their fate with Lucille. He then sees Daryl through the gate, and he says, "Oh, I gotta get me my Daryl back." And he goes, "I see you," <laughs> right to Daryl. Yeah. He kind of gives him a little eyeball thing. The big Avatar fans. <laughs> and then finally, he says he wants the pool table with all the cues and the chalk. <laughs> yeah, that was his list of demands. And if they don't comply, he will kill Sasha. That's the ultimate threat there. And Rick says, let me see her. And he says, okay, Rick, no problem. Hang on a second. Let me just get her up to speed. You know, you can't really hear too much inside these one of these coffins. Is he saying Sasha? You're just saying like someone you care about or something like that. I think he said I Sasha. He I said mean, Sasha. Yeah, he, he said, said Sasha. Okay. And I, I must yeah. say, Craig, your your uh, yeah. Rick, your Rick impression is improving. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the deal is done. So, uh, <laughs> Negan says, "Give me a second. Um, I'll have to get her up to speed. Can't hear anything inside those coffins." He then opens the coffin, but it's a quick cut, and you hear the music kind of ramp up for a second. But we cut nice. back to another flashback uh-huh. with Sasha again in the dark listening to the same song we heard when the show first began and now she mutters it felt real this time uh it was her who said the words in the flashback not abraham and she was referring to her dream of course where she was afraid of losing him and the relationship really that had just began abraham then finishes up and says um he knows she really didn't mean what she said about maggie 
And he goes on to say, you know, we lay out our big meaties on the chopping block ahead of someone else's. It's what we do. It's always for someone else. He says that Mary, Maggie is carrying the future. So that's really the the almost the end of that experience with, with Abraham. We flash to the Eugene escorting Sasha to the truck with the coffin on it. This is back at the at the sanctuary again. We flash kind of backwards, I guess. Her hands I'm sorry, he hands her an old school iPod. He said it was chock full, got it from the, the store. You know, I'm not always as selfish as people think here and gives it to her. Negan offers um, for her not, not to ride the coffin. Basically, you know, you don't have to ride this thing the whole way. We can just put you in before we get there. And she says, no, no, that's okay. I can use the sleep. Just give me a bottle of water. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. How does that not send up a red flag for Negan? I mean, come well, on. Bottle of water. Well, he he thinks he's badass. Dude. There's no reason to be suspicious. Yeah. Oh, he's, she's going to be in a small box for like eight yeah. an hour. Who in their right mind in any way would want to ride in a dark coffin in that heat for two hours like it's a two-hour two trip hours. it seems like I mean, right? yeah. yeah he said two oh, hours. i think he said three hours yeah something like that yeah. okay yeah it makes zero sense <laughs> well she doesn't have to look at his ugly mug or listen to his constant you know <laughs> yammering maybe it's a really nice coffin <laughs> i mean the outside looked pretty cool pretty plush <laughs> you know that one shot they had from inside the coffin after that they put her in uh it looked pretty plush also, <laughs> but as, also as, as, as someone that has an old iPod still that he, I still I use, thought you were going to say uh, it has I, a coffin. I have an old coffin sitting around. He's someone who sleeps in a uh, Warner Herzog's Nosferatu coffee that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, someone that has an old school iPod. I appreciated that she was rocking that old school iPod. <laughs> First generation yeah, iPod, huh? Wasn't, wasn't that the same one that Danny Rand had? <laughs> I... No, like, oh, but the one Danny Rand had Rand had, had like uh, the never ending battery. So. <laughs> but so, think of that, but well one thing with this is I didn't think he felt it was weird because look at this world we're in. I mean this, this all the stuff that's happened to her, they're about to go to this place and kill one of her friends. She said, I want to sit in this coffin and just sleep. Like I don't I don't think that's something that it sounds too crazy in the crazy situation she's in hmm. and, and the things she's done so far. He, he had her in a cage, I mean, in a, in a in a small room, and she didn't really flinch about, you know, being in there. Hmm. So, And with a zombie at that. He had, she had to kill a zombie in the dark. And, yeah, rapey Davy. Yeah. But Negan is properly impressed with Sasha at this point, and as he's putting her in, even before he puts her in, he says he appreciates what she's doing and what she's going to do and smiles as he closes the coffin on her and says, you are something else, and then shuts the door. Like, he's still respecting the hell out of her at yeah. this point. Like, yeah. it's just... It's it's just weird, but as I understand it, I understand, it's just a strange thing, but it's... it's He has well, a total Negan respect for her. Yeah. I mean, Megan is not right. <laughs> at all. You think? And that's about going to do it for the first part of our two-part podcast this week. So 195A has come to a conclusion. Please now switch to the next episode on your list, 195B, for the conclusion of our Walking Dead TV podcast for this week, for the season finale of The Walking Dead. Thanks for listening again, folks. We'll see you soon.